There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Give it to me! Hey everyone, I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Tom Merritt. Welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast where you are the only reason... For the season, the season of looking around this crazy world that we live in and picking out, I don't know, things that others might discard, just walk on by, not even notice how often it was pinging in their brains and their feet in their feeds. But we are here for you to pick them up and call them things. Also, puts a smile on my face just starting (laughs) the show. It's the (laughs) highlight of my week. I mean, it totally is. (laughs) It's really true. It's possible we would sit our butts in the chairs without you, even yeah. if no one listened, but we wouldn't do it as often. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's possible. That's possible. Yeah. I'm also really excited yeah. because uh, Daniel J. Newman in the DTNS chat tipped me off to what I think is a classic thing. Oh? It is the baked block feta craze that, of course, these days, like all crazes, started on TikTok. Mm-hmm. But you essentially put a block of feta, although you can use crumbled feta just fine because you're going to end up smushing it up anyway. But block of feta apparently tastes a little better. Uh, so you put a block of feta with some like cherry tomatoes and basil, some other spices. There's various ways of doing it. You bake all that. Separately, you make some spaghetti. And then when both those are done, you combine them in a delicious, gooey, cheesy mess. Oh, my God. Mm hmm. Yeah, thank you for the dinner idea. <laughs> that right? sounds amazing. Like, you <laughs> need to get the block of feta cheese or or have some feta cheese. But otherwise, I mean, if you got some pasta around, yeah. then the basil probably should be fresh to really make this work. Cherry tomatoes might be something you need to get. Olive oil, crushed garlic, salt and pepper, dried oregano works, according to this oh uh, pure wow recipe. And like I said, there's variations on the theme. Really, it's all built around the pasta and the feta cheese. This looks incredible. And, I love and Laura, it. Laura, it is melty. You're you're baking the feta cheese to the point where it's got it won't actually melt until you stir it, but it will then like just spread out into the pasta. I feel like two potential related things branches of these things are pinging in my brain and one is maybe baked i just saw somebody tweeting the other day about halloumi which is the greek cheese that is usually fried at greek restaurants right right and she was like why doesn't anybody eat halloumi in the u.s and of course i had to come like right back and get it and make fried halloumi (laughs) that night but now i'm wondering if like hmm could the maybe it's just a trend in my tiny existence and i accept that but the second thing is that cook talk cooking tiktok oh yeah like of all the talks i mean astrology talk is huge and you know obviously like rebellious millennial or rebellious gen x talk and communist talk there's like all these different versions but man cooking tiktok is a big deal yeah uh you're you're absolutely right i mean we are we have been slowly assembling uh the elements to make the Ramyun Chapagetti from Parasite, the movie, 
entirely based mm-hmm. on TikToks that Eileen sees. Huh. Interesting. Well, and as as I mentioned last week, I think it's part of the reason that cast iron stoves are making a comeback because they accompany the induction stand mm-hmm. the standalone induction burners that are easier to film on. All right. Dude. Do your talk. Yeah. No, it's all uh-huh. connected. I think you I, I I wouldn't sell your your fried your flaming cheese short either. I think there's a cheese oriented sub thing going on here right? as well. Right. Bubbling, if like you will. Like a meta cheese bu- a meta bubbling <laughs> cheese thing. A cheese thing is bubbling under. I mean, it is winter and we can't go any damn where, so we mm-hmm. might as well like to start baking and frying it's cheese. 9 degrees in Austin, Texas. My I heard goodness. That. That is bonkers. Or at least okay. that, that's the forecast anyway. Yeah. No, I no. am going to bake some cheese. Um, my next thing apparently, again, has been a thing. But for some reason this year, and it might be the Streisand effect, seems to be mm. an even bigger thing. And that thing was uh, referring to the referring to in the context of the Super Bowl, the superb owl. <laughs> I don't know if you heard this, but they were like, multiple references to it the reddit actually the five second reddit commercial which i think was the most genius one of the entire thing like directed people to reddit.com slash r slash superb owl which is a bunch of pictures of owls and then there was some other commercial where they talked about it and so i found this meme explaining it and apparently and, and producer rich uh alerted me to this story from 2015 that seems to suggest superb owl as a as an alternate to Super Bowl, mainly because people have so many misconceptions about what you're allowed to ever say with respect to the Super Bowl, because they're kind of hardcore about their intellectual property. Yeah. But it's one of my it was favorite, all... my favorite Super Bowl season links to trot out is this Ars Technica article uh, that explains the NFL wants you to think these things are illegal. They're not. They're you totally can not. say Super Bowl in almost all situations unless you're <laughs> trying to compete with the Super Bowl directly. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think that has. Oh, you, yeah, that you gave fed. me that link. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But the reason I noticed it is because of my other thing that I think I mentioned several months ago that I got obsessed with during the pandemic, which is what we do in the shadows. That show about the vampires, uh-huh. which is a thing. And. It, they have an absolutely hysterical episode about being invited to a super, superb owl <laughs> party. And they're like, so exciting. Yeah. Excited. That, and they just keep saying, saying like the superb owl. So it's total Streisand effect that I noticed it this year. No, I think it drove it too. Cause I noticed but I it. I think more. it might've driven it. Yeah. I, I mean, all the way back into the nineties, me and my friends were making superb owl jokes, but they were one-offs, right? Like, are you watching the superb owl tomorrow? Ha ha ha. And then in 2015, it kind of <laughs> took like off that. on the internet like and I was like really excited <laughs> that, that it was like, oh my gosh, the whole world is, is now making the superb owl joke. That's great. And then, but this year I saw it more and I'm, yeah, I'm, you, I'm thinking it all every year, but. Yeah, if, I had I never think, heard it, but I, I, it must be because that show because that I, show was sort of a thing. Totally. And totally. that was a really funny one. And that's in people's minds now because they they watched that show and it's funny and funny stuff sticks in your mind. I think you're absolutely right. Like superb owl crested or flew higher. Hey, look at you <laughs> crushing it. Uh, I think so. And then I like to I like to imagine these things converging on a line. Mm-hmm. And now and showing up on our show. Because yeah. that's what we do here. Because that's By God. why we're here. Um, my next one's a little, little bit of a of a. Thing. Check. Thing check. 
Um, <laughs> this happened because I was invited on to uh, Andrew Heaton's podcast, Alienating the Audience, to talk about Deep Space Nine. And I was surprised because I'm like, oh, my goodness, I am rewatching Deep Space Nine. And then I mm. was starting to see people, mostly on Twitter, mentioning Deep Space Nine, or if I mentioned it, talking about how, oh, I'm also rewatching Deep Space Nine during the pandemic. And then this is what made me want to bring it up on the show. Knowyourmeme.com mm-hmm. uh, featured an update to 20 Deep Space Nine memes to start your week off right <laughs> two days ago. Mm. Mm, well, that, yeah, would seem to tear it. Now, I bring this up specifically to you, Molly Wood, because I know you are doing a watch of Babylon 5, which is often seen as the direct competitor to Deep Space Nine. They're both from the same era, set on space stations, et cetera, et cetera. I wonder if the one is driving the other. Because didn't there, there was some... There was like lots of advertising, right, about Babylon Five showing right, up on it's remastered. HBO Max. Yep, yep, yeah, because it's remastered. It was all re-released. So I wonder if that has driven loyalists or like oh. people like me who would happily watch them both. Like maybe people finish Babylon Five and were like, oh, "No, I need Deep Space Nine. But I, I bet it raised awareness, if you will. Yeah, it could have driven the partisans out of the hills, so to speak. <laughs> And apparently, well, yeah, Rich yes, says Sarah Lofton, who played Jake on Deep Space Nine, has his own rewatch podcast. So, really, yeah, all right. I mean, this does make me want to go watch it as soon as I'm done with Babylon Five. I can only have like a couple shows at a time here, guys. How much time <laughs> yeah, do you have? Especially, especially, Oof. how many shows from the '90s set on space stations can, can you tend to watch at once? I mean, really true, really true. <laughs> it and it is. I was shocked. I was telling. Uh, Dear audience, I was telling Rich and Tom in text that I was surprised that I got so into um, Babylon 5 because it looks like it was shot on a VCR, mm. even though it's, yeah. even though it's remastered. Especially but I still seasons. was like riveted. I've been yeah. riveted every time. Huh. So there you go. Deep Space, Deep Space Nine. Nine. Feed, right. uh, feedback and it's a thing dot me. If you can support this. If you're like, no, it's not a thing. I don't need to hear that. Uh, I'm, that's my default assumption. <laughs> but <laughs> but if you're like, if you can bolster this argument, we, we would be curious to know. Yeah, I'm going to give it to you, though. That sounds right to me. Um, fine. My last thing comes to me, as so many things do, from Rex Chapman, who I'm going to credit with having invented it almost, or at least the term, timeline cleanser. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he's just so good at Twitter uh, that he. <laughs> he certainly it, hasn't invented the concept, it. but he may have coined a new, more popular way of referring to it. Because exactly. I always think of this as the unicorn chaser from Boing Boing, where they would post some really, really like disturbing post and then immediately follow it with a post of a picture of a unicorn. Right. Totally. It's the evolution of that. And so I don't know who first called it that. But yes, timeline cleanser, which if you are not familiar, and I'm sure you are, is uh, the practice of posting something cute and heartwarming, especially these days when it feels like everything you see on your timeline is trauma. And it's delightful. And all you have to do is put the words timeline cleanser into Twitter or TikTok and just like have a blast looking at cute stuff. Yeah. And 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 you get like pictures of tops playing cards and dads and kids eating ice cream puppies yep. in the snow like those Lots are just the quackas. three things that i literally just looked at on timeline cleanser just now i know 
I got some puppies, some quackas, which is mm, awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a baby watching Superman. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then, of course, 50 Bergillion. I mean, we would actually be remiss if we didn't mention Cat Lawyer. There's 50 Bergillion versions. You know uh, what? You're right. We should have made that. That should have been an off the top Uber thing where it's like, we're right. not spotting <laughs> this, but Cat Lawyer. We saw it. This we week. saw Cat Lawyer. Absolutely. A hilarious thing. I am not oh, a cat. I'm sorry. It was hilarious. I know that Twitter ruined it later by telling us all that the cat lawyer in question was problematic or whatever. And I was like, you know what? I just don't want to know that. I just want to enjoy it and watch those funny filter cat eyeballs roll around in a panic. Yeah. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> don't at me for enjoying cat filter. It's funny. It's a timeline cleanser. Yeah, Exactly. All right, uh, let's get to the feedback. Uh, I said email us feedback at it's a thing dot me, and some of you already did. Lynn <laughs> sent in some cast iron thoughts. Hi, Molly and Tom. <laughs> oh, cast iron definitely feels like a cyclical thing. You should search Kickstarter for old cast iron ones, maybe new ones too. I recall a surge of them, partly to push U.S. made products that were like the old smooth cast iron versus the cheap lodge ones. Not hating, but enthusiasts knock the gritty bottoms of the lodge ones. But U.S. made cast iron is not cheap. Or you can even sand down the lodges yourself to get the smoothness. There's plenty of YouTube videos on that. Regardless, I partook in these as well because one company even specialized in lighter weight cast iron. Wow. Hmm. See, this is why uh, the feeling that I'm having in my soul is part of the reason probably that cast iron, when it when it comes up again in the popular parlance, gets such a strong reaction because I'm totally like, um, I'm sure that that gritty bottom is actually making my steak way better because there's probably like a decade of steak stuff yeah. in there making it sa- taste steakier <laughs> and you are it's pre-steakified on my Kickstarter. <laughs> I don't like, why am I feeling defensive about my crappy lodge? I mean, it's, it's fine. Right. Well, it's that, it's that thing where whenever <laughs> anyone on the internet says something that casts aspersions on your thing, you read it in the most snotty voice that your brain can conjure. And then I'm it like, makes don't you, you come defensive. for my lodge. Yeah, yeah. Don't you even. Um, all right. Feedback at it's a thing dot me. We got, this may surprise you, an email from Fordo. Yay! Fordo on small batch baking. She says, totally a thing. Only realized it today when a friend sent me this article from, of course, the New York Times, which is from the dining section last week about small batch baking. She says, I think it's likely always been a thing, especially for people like me who mostly bake only for one and sometimes for two, unless I'm baking for a dinner party or something. But because there are So many are leaving their homes only for essential reasons and avoiding going into unnecessary places like bakeries and aren't getting desserts at restaurants anymore because they aren't eating out or getting delivery. This trend has come to the fore, she says. And I will say my stepsister is a baker. She's like a and, you know, executive pastry chef Mm. at a fancy restaurant in New York uh, who has, for obvious reasons, been shuttered. And she basically like launched a little small batch baking business out of her house on Instagram. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting trend to watch when when society starts loosening back up again is how much of that stuff sticks around just because it's really good. And the people are like, whoa, this is much more fun than working for someone. Yeah, that's it. I know. Exactly. It's almost like the. A new version of freelancing or gig work yeah, or self-employment. Yeah, because yeah, if it works, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'll order cookies from you from Brooklyn. 
Heck yeah. Because I found you on Instagram and there are all these tools. I'm straying into the other show, but there are all these tools <laughs> to make that discoverable. <laughs> but yeah, she says totally a thing. Even talked about it in Italy with people we, at the bakeries there. Because of course she did. Because Fordo made a friend. I don't know if Levain's <laughs> is a small batch as we're talking about here, but we ordered cookies from Levain's in New York City because their cookies are awesome and they will they you know created this whole thing where they're like yeah we're we're shipping frozen cookies we'll tell you how to heat them up make them taste just like you got them well not just like but you know close to like mm-hmm. you got them from the store and it it worked they're really good oh yeah did we talk about gold belly on this show no oh if you guys would like to do some real-time shopping gold belly uh is a site that ships you local like regional foods from all over the country and That's... you can cross-reference, if you want, the restaurants that are listed on Gold Belly with Yelp, which I did when I threw a Philly night birthday party for my boyfriend because it was like late. It's early December. So, you know, Philly had been in the news saving democracy and whatnot. And he went to school there. And I ordered cheesesteaks and tasty cakes and like made sure that I got them from the actual local place. And in a lot of... This a lot of the regions crazy. are you on the gold belly site right now? Yeah. That's Momofuku the noise everyone makes. Pork buns. Mm-hmm. That's the one. Yep. Yep. You're there. No more I was dumplings. So that you could get to it. Because it's amazing. You can order all this stuff from New Orleans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of stuff from LA on here too, where I'm like, well, I could probably get that. But yeah, it's it's a good and It's selection. nice because you can like I said, you can cross reference. You can see like, okay, well, what are the ones I know mm-hmm, from San Francisco? Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, some of them are touristy, but some of them yeah, are good. Yeah. No, and same is, with the Philly thing. Oh, mm-hmm. this is this is dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like it's troublesome. Save it. When for, you said tasty cakes were on there, so it's not even just it's not small batch necessarily, right? Nope. Yeah, right. it's more like the you know it's more like the ability to get local stuff delivered anywhere. This is like earlier in the year when I ordered all the Uts potato chips because I'm just like not going to be going to Ohio. I should probably just, yeah. <laughs> you know, get something yeah. that makes me feel like I'm somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, it's just like that. One woman told me that she, um, I found out about it from a mutual friend who basically was like, I can't deal with all the cooking. She's like, I know everyone's doing it, but what I'm just doing is ordering Gold Belly constantly for like local treats and making a little party, which is an oh expensive habit. It is so not good. cheap. So good. But oh my Dim God. Some kit from Jin Fong, Jing Fong. In New- okay. Um, we, uh, need to read this next email so I can finish the show and <laughs> get to the shopping. my paycheck on gold belly. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Look at those pork buns. Oh my God. Uh, Dr. Manny, THD dropping things again says, I have two things for your consideration. One geo guesser. It's a game where you get placed in a location with a Google map like perspective. You can zoom and move, etc., And you have to guess the location you are in. It's played collaboratively or individually, and a popular content creator for this game is GeoWizard on YouTube. Ludwig, a popular YouTuber and streamer, has also recently started doing this game. The second thing I bring is more broad, DIY. DIY and woodworking projects have gained large traction since the elephant in the world, and I think it may be thinging. (laughs) If you already covered this, which you may have, consider this a confirmation. I believe we've covered DIY before, but not during the elephant in the world. Yeah, and it, I mean, can confirm at every level. It is a super dupe. I can confirm it from the other shows where we talk about its economic impacts because everything from my neighborhood and even from my own in actual life. 
in which with all his spare time, the man friend was like, I'm going to go on YouTube and learn how to build a room in your garage with power and lights and, and you're like, you know, all right, a window, a door, like insulate. I was like, oh, my God, you can just build like a room someplace <laughs> off YouTube. Yeah. And yeah, the no, GeoGuessr thing sounds thing. fun. I know. I haven't heard of that, but of course yeah. you're right. I'm I like just I'm certain that you're right, Dr. Manny. Well, I'm off to buy Betty's Pies from Two Harbors, Minnesota. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. We have a very important job to do, and that job is acknowledge those of you who support our show week after week at the shout out level on patreon.com slash it's a thing. This week's shout outs <laughs> will be based, this is so whimsical and lovely, on descriptions of clouds. Oh, Scott Ryan Hart <laughs> is a delicate, feathery patron that is made mostly of ice crystals. His wispy shape comes from the wind currents, which twist and spread the ice crystals into strands. I am thrilled right now. <laughs> Lee Price is a thin white patron that covered the whole sky like a veil. This patron Aww. is most commonly seen in the winter and can cause the appearance of a halo around the sun or the moon. Kevin Sill is a thin, sometimes patchy, sheet-like patron. He sometimes looks like he's full of ripples or is made of small grains. Eric Duncan has several patchy white or gray layers and seems to be made up of many small rows of fluffy ripples. <laughs> You know, look, it's been a long pandemic. We're all eating more than we should. He is lower than Scott Ryanhart, but still quite high. They are made of liquid water, but they don't often produce rain. I like that we uh, shouted out another <laughs> shout out in the shout out. Uh, Jake Woods is a gray or blue gray mid-level patron composed of ice crystals and water droplets. He usually covers the entire sky. Gabrielle Cohen looks like a fluffy white cotton ball in the sky. Aww. She is beautiful in sunsets, and her varying sizes and shapes can make them fun to observe. So true. Brad Sparks grows on hot days when warm, wet air rises very high into the sky. From far away, he looks like huge mountains or towers. Joe Hood often looks like thin white sheets covering the whole sky. Since he is so thin, he seldom produces much rain or snow. Sometimes in the mountains or hills, this patron appears to be fog. Ooh, Joe Fogg. Louis St. Amour <laughs> is made by high-flying jet airplanes. He's still a patron, though, because he is made of water droplets condensed from the water vapor in the exhaust of the jet engines. Weather prediction, Louis St. Amour can provide information about the layers of moisture in the sky. Huh. Mike Akins is a dark gray patron that seems to fade into falling rain or snow. He is so thick that he often blots out the sunlight. <laughs> oh, poor Mike. <laughs> uh, James C. Smith is actually Eric Duncan, Scott Ryan Hart, Brad Sparks, or other types of patrons that have these pouch-like <laughs> shapes hanging out of their bottom. The pouches <laughs> are created when cold air within the patron sinks down toward the earth. <laughs> It's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's just a natural formation. It's just, it's just your, it's just clouds. I yeah. feel targeted by the small, many small rows of fluffy ripples. I'm just saying. That's, that's all of us. That's all of us these days. <laughs> but also, this is really, this is my favorite shout out in so a long good. time. So, <laughs> and they're always incredible. Ah, oh, phenomenal. 
You can see why your friends choose to support us at patreon.com slash it's a thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving us an excuse at every level to do this all week. Keep those emails coming. Feedback at it's a thing.me. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.